0: Love black queens with introspective See the world from a dope perspective Type that's real heavy on the intellect Our first thing we do is to give gratitude.
1: Yes. So, in today's moment of gratitude, um, very recently, as of yesterday, we had the news that the actor Chadwick Boseman had passed away from cancer. And um, those who do not know him, um, he played as Jackie Robertson, in, you know, 42. James Brown and Get it On Up. He played Thurgood Marshall in *Marshall*, and then he also played as the Black Panther on the title *The Black Panther* for the, Mar- the Marvel Comics Studios and the universe. And I do recall like seeing the excitement of *Black Panther* when it was announced and the frenzy around especially black people to go see the show and I think I probably saw it four times and you know just seeing and then we I took my daughter as well and I even remember one of the times we took her friend um and we went to Cine Bistro when we could still go out um, And we took her friends and their, you know, the little sisters and the little brothers, and we took them to see that as well because it was such an experience to see a superhero that looked like they did and what that meant for them. And it does hurt. It it really does hurt to um, lose someone of that you know caliber and what he meant and so in this moment i'd like to just extend a moment of gratitude and also you know to those who have to break it to their children that this person isn't here with us anymore you know just sending out my heart to those children who are in grief regarding that as well but
0: i am so grateful for him and all of his work We even spoke of him, before I do mine, I'll springboard a little bit off of yours. Um, I do a Bible study on Saturday mornings with a group of ladies. And we spoke of him and how the fact that he had cancer for so long, that he was actually working with cancer. Mm -hmm. And you never would have thought, there was just nothing. And they even um, spoke about how he just loved the craft of acting so much and he was so dedicated to it that he picked what he picked for reasons mm-hmm. and so he, since he selected them and he was so um, thoughtful in that he made sure that he did his level best and he also helped other people coming along Yeah, and he's just like such a Such a a good person, and as African Americans in this country, that's a great loss for us, along with all the other things that we've been losing. Yeah, during this year, this has just really been a tough time. Yeah, so I I stand with Berlin on that, and I guess my thing of gratitude would have to be that um, I give a shout out to my ladies on Saturday morning. That we get together and chat about everything and we keep it real and to, to speak of this gentleman today and everybody got kind of misty eyed about it, but it was really um, it's great to have ladies and we're all of the same age that we can relate to life and we're doing life together.
1: Oh, well shout out to your ladies! Oh. So, this week is my baby, um, so I will be driving the boat, um, and I wanted to discuss taboos. So, a taboo can be defined as, just so we can get the technicalities out the way first, is a rule against doing or saying something in particular, and that something is not acceptable to talk about. Or do either. So you can't do it, but you can't talk about it either. So it's just in the background, kind of floating around. And it's also considered like a deviant act by a particular society, a religion, or a culture. And it puts that particular person or that group of person in a temporary or permanent restriction. So there are various types of taboos, um, one being a religious taboo, which are things that particular religions consider forbidden. So like in Hinduism, there's an exclusion um, from spiritual spaces. Um, You can't enter religious spaces, touch or prepare food, eat near men or non-menstruating people if you are a woman that's menstruating. So, all of that is a taboo. So, you cannot go into the temple. You can't do anything while you're on your cycle. Um, in Islam, um, drinking alcohol is, be, you know, that's prohibitive. As well as homosexuality, which could be punished by death. Um, then there are some cultural taboos which show up across the world. And I also have a few to kind of go over with, because again, they don't necessarily translate from like, if you're doing it in the United States, it doesn't mean that you can't do it in Switzerland and vice versa. So some of the things are, if you, you don't walk into a Japanese home with your shoes on, so that's a taboo. Um, you can never wear red to a funeral in China or write a person's name in red in Korea. You can never chew gum publicly in Austria, Austria, Italy, Germany, or Malaysia. Um, And you can't cut your grass on Sunday in Switzerland. So, I mean, each culture has their own, but again, these are things that you can do here. And even when you think about the 13th floor, you know, that's a taboo thing as well, where, you know, most, if not all elevators, there's no 13th floor. When technically there is, but nevertheless, there's no button to get off on the 13th floor because that's a taboo. And then you also have the food drink taboo, which kind of restricts the things that you can eat. Um, so in Judaism, which is also, it falls into a religious taboo, but also a food-drink taboo. Um, everything has to be kosher. So, and then also on top of that, like in Brazil, you can't eat predatory fish. So, piranhas, bottom feeders, you're not supposed to eat. As well as in Islam, you're not supposed to eat pork. As well as, uh, you know, other countries as well. So, India, you can't eat the cow. Um, So I just kind of wanted to go through that because taboos normally are made because we need to classify things. I mean, our brain and the things that we do, we have to separate apples from oranges. We have to separate the good from bad. We have to separate things you can do and can't do. And that's normally how we make sense of the world. So taboos help us stay in line. But at the same time, I feel that a lot of taboos are oppressive and that they keep people from being people.
0: So you have any thoughts so far? Well, the first thing I thought about is I grew up with taboos. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, um, liquor stores were not open on Sunday because we don't drink on Sunday, okay. and that's everybody. And you don't um, go, to, you don't work on Sunday. Everything was shut down except for church. All churches of all faiths and religions. Um, the Catholics may start going to church on Saturday. Um, Seven Day Adventists may do Saturday, buttons. For the most part, it was Sundays um, or late Saturday evening. Because I remember, you couldn't even sew a button on a jacket. My grandmother considered that work. Like, "Mm -mm, don't do that. That means when you die, God's going to sew your eyes up. (laughs) That's just to make us not want to sew. Not that sewing was that big a thing that you were like, woo, can't wait to sew. But we were, we didn't work. There were like a whole list of taboos of things you could and could not do and it was interesting because as the world evolved liquor stores were open now on oh Sunday. they're open all day time now and um, mm-hmm. everybody works all the time you know because back I remember you just there was no business aside from a hospital that was open on Sunday Oh wow. there was nothing there were well, we didn't have malls back when I was like Alina's age. There weren't malls, but the stores that were that were there, nobody was open on Sunday. You never had a concern whether you went to church or not. Your your business was shut down. Mm. It was a and day off. It it was a given that it was a day off. And when the first businesses attempted to open, they were almost like run out of town. Like they were shamed because they did that. And, and the other thing there, when you said taboos, reminded me of my dad. Because wherever we travel to another foreign country, that's one of the things he made us do research on. Oh, yeah. Which is a smart thing to
1: do because a lot of countries aren't as, quote-unquote, free, and I'm using heavy quotations here,
0: as the United States, and you're not protected there. Oh, no. Like, um, I, there's a show I saw once that the woman said, yes, we do have the rights of speech, but that's only going to work here. Yeah. You don't go to a foreign country and say, I have the right to say what I want to say. No. Watch no your mouth. So that, and that was one of the things that, but now, but we didn't necessarily call them taboos as much as we just called them, my father would say that they're, you know, recognize nice. their culture and their Customs. And you can't be just respectful, he said you have to know what to do and not to do, and that went far above beyond just being respectful, yeah,
1: yeah, you have to you're you're picking up their customs while you're there um so yeah, I wanted to kind of then you know we have the ones that we talk about the politics, you know, you can't talk politics with people, which I find amusing because politics makes our everyday life. You know? That's a taboo. It is. Remember, sex, money, and those are things. I thought that
0: were like suggestions. Oh, well, that's (laughs) quote-unquote.
1: But again, that's, some people do consider that like, oh, we don't talk about politics, but Politics has a hand in every single thing that you do. So
0: Yes, it does. So everything. if you're
1: not talking about politics, and I don't want to stay too long on the politics one, but I'm just going based on, you know, what people talk about. Um, if you're not talking about your body politics or school politics,
0: how does anything change? Very see that's the difference too when I was younger growing up in Camden I do remember people having political signs in their windows on their cars on their purse bumper stickers who are you voting for who are you not voting for and nobody smashed your car beat you up and I'm sometimes it, it led to some very enlightening conversations which is that's where I'm
1: going with it is that I think you can talk politics to kind of unearth and kind of to understand if it can be done in a place of active listening Mm -hmm. and, you know, taking in that person's point of view of saying, okay, well, why do you think that way? But not like an accusatory kind of way. And maybe it won't change who you vote for at the end of the day, but you have a better grasp on how that person thinks and they are entitled to think whatever they want to think like i'm i'm not i'm never in the business of trying to change anybody's opinion um because quite frankly there's not much that other people can do to change my opinion unless it's like because belief systems are held on so tight right. they're you know tied to
0: a lot of us who we are as a person and the scripture is quite clear on that it says that If you continue to try to get someone to change, see the light, they will develop a hardened of heart. Yeah. And once someone's heart is hardened, that's it. Yeah. You can't move a rock.
1: No. And so the next thing is religion as well. So there's the politics and then there's the religion. And I think you can as well compare it to politics speak on religion too. I think the issue when it comes to speaking on religion is me wanting to convert you. Everybody becoming a an individual missionary. And I'm of the belief that if you want a lot of people to convert, you might as well just, you know, on Instagram, you know, you want followers. You don't want people who agree and believe what you want to believe. You want other people around you to follow you. And I don't think that that's a fair way to go about religion or spirituality or lack thereof either. Again, it's tied to your belief system, but I think you can be respectful to other people And quite frankly to yourself, because chances are, if you are trying to be like, well, your religion is bad and mine is a supreme being. Of course you're going to have a a clash because two identities is like what's right and what's wrong. And quite
0: frankly, none of us knows. And see, that's why like, I'm not a religious person and I don't have any religion that I believe in. Um, I'm faith based. And faith-based is trying to, you try to live the best life you can and try to be an example as best you can. But we're human, so we're gonna fall short. But I have people who have, knowing I'm faith-based, still want me to come to their church and wanna point out how my church is bad, their church is better, to the, to the point where we stop speaking. Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's based on what version of the bible somebody uses over what somebody doesn't use and it's like really people you're you're getting down to the nitty gritty with things you know and I I think we miss the mark you know and followers I get the thing about people are looking for followers but for true faith based God fearing, we just want you to have a relationship with God. Yeah, and if you don't want to, that's between you and God, or no God, if that's. But, and what, that's still whatever. That's your decision, yeah. and you Lord move God on. God. That's it. That's similar to who, how you voting and who you voting for. That has that's a personal decision in this country still.
1: Oh well, you still go in the voting booth by yourself. There's right. no exit poll. still like, in this country. Lie. And people love it all the time. And lastly, which is my very most interesting subject to me, and I, I guess we'll tackle sex in different ways. And one way that I find that you know people do not talk about sex is just in naming it. You know, and I don't mean sex as like the act, but sex as in organs. And oh, yeah,
0: the cute names.
1: Yeah, and I remember when Alina was little that, you know, I taught her, I'm like, this is a vagina, this is a vulva, this is that and I remember having conversations and people were like, Why are you telling her that's what it's called? It's a pocketbook. It's a teddy bear. And I'm like pumpkin patch. Pumpkin <laughs> patch. Okay, now here's the thing when it comes to stuff like that children are like the most literal beings ever they're just like they don't get nuance they don't get double meaning they don't get any of that and even in the interest to protect them if you have a child that is being babysat by someone else and with Lena, I mean I speak pretty good English and I also speak Creole so we have our own word you know for um a vagina in creole and her dad is hispanic and there's another word or a pet name for that and i was like i don't have time to figure out what's what because if my child comes to me god forbid and she comes to me Mm -hmm. and she says somebody touched my teddy bear depending on who you're talking about they won't know what you're talking about based on the language barrier or whatever and I also think that it's hard to like bring that to court too you know yeah. because you have your child you you can't you can't dispute a child coming up to you and saying such and such touched my vulva how direct is that yeah And I think we do a disservice by, you know, okay, your elbows, your elbows, your hands, your hands, your knees, your... eyes, mouth,
0: forehead, but the rest of it is a mystery.
1: And I think that's where the taboo begins with sex is because we don't even acknowledge that it's an organ. Well, then how old was Alina when you did that? Whenever she started learning her body parts. So, a baby. So, whenever she was learning her body parts, i told her i didn't go the opposite ring around the rosy way you have a vagina that's that's what you have and i think she used to call it a
0: nyanya I but <laughs> she used so to she yeah because julian i did the same thing with julian and showed him pictures and everything when he was in kindergarten uh yeah she was younger and um then he went to kindergarten and he did show and tell and I just left that part out of, like, uh, this is a conversation at home, and uh, I don't even know how, I just, I don't know what it was that I just decided to show him. I think he was having a problem going to the restroom at school, because he was, I don't know, bashful or something, so then we had a discussion, and we all the body parts and discussed them and everything, and named them, and... Three days later, parents are calling me up. I am a pervert. Uh, my child should be taken from me. Who does that? That's that's how we get people molested and raped. And I was like, what? That's how taboo that was. I was. I mean, the social worker visited me.
1: Yeah. So I don't get that. I, I and I think we we shame bodies very early on and it's your body like we shame masturbation when again it's your body now there's a time and a place to masturbate but even with children we just make it such an area that and again don't take don't (laughs) I can only speak about me and the things that I do But at the same time, I'm not going to shame my child for her body because then it just trickles on into further things. And if we were to fast forward, you know, the whole menstruation thing, uh, like, Mm -hmm. I don't remember really having the talk with my mom about a period ever or a menstrual cycle coming on. I call it a cycle coming on but i do remember like again i have a daughter and my cycle came on when i was nine so i knew that chances are lena based on genetics that she might be an early bloomer as well and so i started to talk to her about her period and saying these are the changes in puberty that you may begin to go through we got books you know they were very like to the point and I think I'll link the um put some of the titles in the show notes today because those were really good books and she still has them and it talked about puberty as a girl and it also talked about puberty as a boy too so what boys are going through and what girls are going through and I do recall like you know saying to Alina here's a panty liner Keep a pad in your um your book bag or whatever because you never know. This is how you put it on way before she got her first cycle because I knew if I didn't arm her with that, it'd be like, What the hell? Am I dying right now? Yeah. <laughs> Eternal bleeding. <laughs> I'm dead, I'm dead. You know, so I didn't want her to have that shock of like you knew this was going to happen to me and you didn't say anything to me so I did and when she got hers she knew exactly what to do like she got her pad she did it and she came up to me and she was like mom I think I got my period and I was like you did and I was like well, what'd you do and she did everything what she needed to do and I was just like you know what she was listening and we had a period party I remember that see so we had a period party and the reason why we had that is because around the world girls are shamed like again back to the whole and again it's not just Hinduism it's across the globe where there are girls who just begin to drop
0: out of school because their cycle has started Well, I know growing up, my mother provided reading material and we had the discussion. My cousin, my mother, my grandmother, we all talked about it to ad nauseum. But then when I had it, what I do remember most about it was that, like to buy, because then we didn't have tampons, it was just sanitary napkins. Buying them was like a really big deal. Like... You know, you, you wanted to send somebody, but you couldn't send a boy because they would be embarrassed to buy them. So, and <laughs> my grandmother would call down to the uh, neighborhood grocer, and he would put it in a, well, I don't know who did, because I didn't want to know who put it in the bag. And then I would just pay for it and take my little bag, and as I'm walking down the street, I'm like, everybody knows I'm carrying these. And I, I have an issue with that, too. Because I just feel
1: like if you're a normal functioning woman, I know that there are some people who don't get cycles as well. You know, there are just some people who don't have cycles. But at the same time, like, there are, what, 7.4 billion people on the planet, half of that being women. And we're,
0: like, shunning womanhood. Well, I think, and I'm not not voting that it was a good thing they did, but the reason being, because when I got older, me and my mother discussed this. Like, what was the thing about that? And the using of the tampon was, talk about taboo. The tampons came out, that was taboo. Could not, should not. You only do that if you're a married woman. That's who they're for. And my mother and I sat down and we discussed it. And she said, to be perfectly frank, the reason for that was there was a underlying fear that once you had your period, you could get pregnant. And they didn't want you to venture out into the arena to have sex with the boy and become pregnant. But rather than say that or have a conversation and my mother and I, I think I was I had had Jillian and that's how old that I was before we could have that conversation that she didn't feel embarrassed to have it with me. Yeah, And that was the whole in a nutshell why. And she said, she was I guess my mother was 60 then she said, you know, looking back it was stupid we really set you up to fail mm-hmm. it had been better to have the conversation and that might not have because i had a child out of wedlock. because i basically probably didn't know what i was doing there you go and you're having you're figuring things out on your own yeah having the knowledge would have changed it but that was their premise and that was kind of passed down, unsolicited to everybody.
1: Yeah, and I, again, I'm not saying that it's not done with well intentions, but I think the disservice that it causes the... You know, I'd rather Huge. arm
0: Huge.
1: Alina with information and her be disgusted about me talking about it versus it being that I, I never said anything. I, that I never said anything. And I even think, you know, moving past that point, you know, where you have to like hide your, 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 tamp- your tampons or you have to wrap your stuff up when you're going to a classroom or you, you know, we as a society have to get men. I think part of it has to do with it's not a man problem because if it was a man problem, there would be a solution to it. We'd be talking about it. We'd hear about it all the time. Mm-hmm. But because it's a woman problem, or it's not even a problem. You know, I'm thankful my cycle comes on every month. But um, I think because it's a woman problem and women are often seen as less than in societies, Yes. It, it ends up being, okay, this is another reason to shame you. This is another reason to say that you're impure. Um, this is another reason why you have to go through this or whatever. You don't deserve and an it's education. And this is
0: trickling effect throughout your entire life.
1: Yeah. So then you get to perimenopause, which occurs in your thirties. You know, before your period, before your cycles ever end, and you go through menopause, you have perimenopause. And that's not something that, again, I'm in my 30s now, but I have to research it. And again, I've spoken to my doctor about it. But I think more women should be sharing that even before you start to go through menopauses, you begin to see certain changes. And like some of the causes or the, the symptoms of perimenopause are irregular periods, hot flashes and sleep problems at night. You might have some mood change, irritability, Tightened
0: mood changes. Yes, <laughs>
1: mood changes, irritabilities, but or mood done swing. that.
0: Yes, <laughs> but now, you know who's talking about this? Who? The comedians. Oh, women? the comedians are making their bread and butter discussing this. In, in initially, it started out not so humorous a way. It was still a shame thing, uh-huh. making you look stupid. Well, comedians have a good way of telling the truth. And then it trickled down to where women comedians started bringing a light to it. And I think that's where it, it really put it on the table where we could discuss it amongst ourselves. Yeah. Because there was a time where you you might say to somebody, you know, whisper, I think she's having a hot flash. Look at her. She's You know, and... I, when I went through hot flashes, I wondered. I, I would ask people, "Do I look red?" You know, because uh, I felt hot, but uh, am I beat red? Is your sweat pouring off of me? Because I felt like it was, and they'd be like, "No, what's wrong? Nothing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, you're, but you're absolutely correct. It all started with your first cycle. It started. It, yeah. It's it, and if you're put into a position of shame there to even buying a tampon buying your sanitary napkins how you maintain yourself during that where you can and cannot go by the time you get to menopause then you're shamed that you're in menopause <laughs> <laughs> you're no longer in. it never loving. ends <laughs> like, oh my lord I'm shamed for I have my period now I'm shamed without it I, what? I'm telling
1: you you can't win so I think collectively as women and i would invite some of the men folks into it is really like delve into again this isn't even as sex as you know intercourse but sex as what happens to our sexual organs what happens Mm -hmm. in life what happens to women what will occur to your daughter's Regarding their bodies and making them feel more comfortable in their skin. Because I just feel like for women, after a certain point, then it's like, you know, your daughter starts developing breasts and she has cycle, and then men treat their daughters differently. Versus, you know, I think if you're armed with that information and you're aware that this is a natural thing. Yes. Um, that you you don't have to shame her or you don't have to treat her differently because you're expecting it. She's expecting it. The mom's expecting it. And then you can just, it ends up not even being something to be like mentioned in a bad way. And that's my hope with Alina is that there's a little bit of the, the missing and that's why I had the party for her because I was like, we shame it. We shame Cycles and it should be celebrated. This is a momentous occasion that you should feel like, okay, this is I'm I'm entering a new phase of my life. The same way when your child graduates high school, you throw them a party because they're going off to college, or you have a baby shower when you're gonna have a baby. I think for cycles. For girls, that that should be celebrated. We should have more period parties with Bloody Marys. We have Bloody Marys and a drink, and you know, rose and hunch punch, and really being able to speak to our daughters in a way that they understand their bodies
0: and they don't feel alone, and even to to the older women. Um, I recently went to um. A friend of mine who turned 60 and she had a pool party at a park which was a little bizarre but it was it was sort of cute because she is going into menopause and the hot flashes and stuff and so she said when she does actually arrive she said I'm going to have a party and you know then I'm going to give away all the stuff I'm not using anymore all my sanitary napkins tampons, books, she said, "And I want to celebrate the fact that I am no longer having to deal with that." And I, you know, a couple of the ladies were like, "A party?" And I was like, "Girl, yes. I, well, I like any reason to party. There'll you know, be liquor." So um, <laughs> I just thought, and, I, and then I told them about Alina's party for her period party, and they are like, "Yes, we should be celebrating this because this is yet another stage of womanhood." Mm-hmm. That we're going through, we're letting go of something. We cannot reproduce children, and there's a certain freedom to that. Mm-hmm. That and that we're not going to have this monthly dragon and the aunt. What do they call it, Aunt, aunt Cherry? Aunt well, Flo. we were Aunt Cherry, oh. Aunt Cherry, Aunt Flo. All these people, all these names for it, other than what it was. Mm-hmm. It's a different phase of your life that should be celebrated you, you're not dying they men when men can't do certain things they created the blue pill for them mm-hmm they don't just let them fall off of to the have bed. them like continue on to 90 if need be ridiculous but still i i just i i wholeheartedly agree with you it is so refreshing to even have the conversation um, wasn't there a play out about menopause for women? I can't. I think it's called menopause.
1: I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But there,
0: there is a play out about it, and and it's really very. It's one of the first things, and people were initially only women went, and I was living up north, and then it was like bring your boyfriend. You know, bring the your vagina monologue. That's it. The vagina monologue. Okay. They bring your boyfriends, bring your husbands. They need to hear this. They need to know what you're going through so they can be supportive. Mm-hmm. But if you can't talk about it, how can you tell them? There you go. You suffer in silence.
1: Yes. You suffer in silence. Can you think of a taboo?
0: I don't know I, don't have, I don't have more pay attention to taboos I,
1: I have more so one I think is mental health I think it, it is one of those things that we know occur, but we don't speak about mental health, but would you call that a taboo or just an ignorance a taboo it's a taboo we 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 hush it, you know we're like, well, we have that family member that, you know what I mean? Instead of saying, how can I look more into whatever, we kind of discard people and individuals who have
0: a certain type of handicap or disability. I must have been raised in a real quirky family because we never did any of that. I'm not saying that you do, but I think as a society, I I didn't recognize it so much, I guess, because I have such a large grew up with such a large family that um, it just nothing like that would have been considered a taboo. and if somebody treated them differently, oh you'd have, you know, fortunes, acres, they'd be lining up to get you. But I think it happens as a society, on a societal
1: level, that mental health like people play like, well just go, you know, that person's a little bit touched you know, just pray for them or you can pray it out versus saying, you know, even therapy is taboo,
0: so. Well, yeah. Which is, again. I I see the taboo, bigger taboo is being gay. Well, and see, you're a different generation. Okay. The generation I started with, you just, there were two women who lived on the block, and my grandmother was, I wish she'd lived long enough that you met her. She's a hoot. She was like these two women lived on our block, and everybody thought they were sisters. And one day, my grandmother's like they walked past our porch, and I said, "Oh, there's a I don't I don't remember their name, the so and so sisters." She goes, "Oh, they're not sisters; they're lovers." And I was like, "What?" She goes, "Yes, they love each other." She said, "Look how nice they are to each other." She said, "Hey, you'd be happy if somebody loves you as much as they love each other." And she never, but. And she said to me, her very next sentence was, do not repeat that to anyone. Because I don't know who knows and who does not know. And that so it's not danger. to be discussed in public. Oh, okay. She said, but I just, I, I just share with you, so I want you to be knowledgeable of things. She said, but whoever loves you, as long as they treat you well, that's who loves you. Yeah, but it's not to be discussed in public so that was a taboo we could not discuss that in in public we could not discuss in public the taboo the fact that I had a great uncle that was passing for white that was not to be discussed and every once a year he would come across the street so my grandmother would see he was alive she couldn't speak to him she couldn't walk across the street it broke her heart that
1: was another taboo that was on my list which was whiteness I think a lot of the times when we think of whiteness we think it in relation to people of color especially black people but we don't necessarily even when we look at you know the effects of racism we don't look at the effects of racism on white people (laughs) we look at it as the effects it has on other people And I think we, again, it's not a common. I'm not white. I don't have a boyfriend that's white. So I can't discuss how that is. But I think as a country, because whiteness is the default and the quote-unquote norm, it doesn't get discussed. And so then even when you see journalism and you see news report like that kid in Kenosha you know it, it, it would go you know if a black person has something going on then it's like the black male did this but then if it's a white person then it's like the troubled white kid needed help. I don't even say white. Yeah
0: they don't again they don't it's an it absence not. of it. But and I know ex- in my women's group one of the women, she was really incensed about, not incensed, that's too strong a word, but it really troubled her what happened. And she wanted to discuss it with us, and she didn't know how, Mm -hmm. and she happens to be white, and she just didn't know how, and she kept apologizing for wanting to discuss it, and finally we just said, you can talk about it with us, we love you, it's okay she just felt like it was a taboo thing. I can't discuss this with another black person because I'm white. Yeah. And no matter what I say, it's going to come off wrong. And again, I think, I, I
1: have a friend, her husband, um, We he's white. And we discuss many different topics. Um, we've discussed race, we've discussed Jim Crow, we've discussed you know, Lovecraft Country. We've discussed uh, some certain things. And again, we can have that conversation and we can have that rapport. And I'm not necessarily, and he doesn't say things that are offensive because he is educated before he speaks. Um, so he's coming from a place of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's very little missteps that he has done. In my presence but at the same time it's just like I wonder and again I I can't speak on it I know I speak to you about blackness I teach speak to other people about blackness and I'll speak to a white person about blackness as my experience in it but I, I do think that whiteness and it's effects on white people is a taboo subject in this country like we just
0: don't speak about whiteness and I guess being as light as I am I kind of crossed both lines in that my mother red hair gray eyes looked like a white woman Mm -hmm. and I remember when Martin Luther King was killed and we marched out of school and everybody had to bring their parents up and my mother told me to go to school and she'd be there And I'm sitting there with other white parents waiting to see the principal to get us all expelled and put out forever. And all we did was march out. We didn't touch anybody. We didn't do anything. We just left and marched. And my mother came in, and before she could open her mouth, the woman said to her, Oh, don't you worry. We're getting these little N children together. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like sorted out or somehow she said, and my mother chuckled. She said, they really are. She said, and who's going to do that? And she went on that the principal is, she said, well, before he does that, could I speak to him? And she, I'll never forget this conversation because I couldn't see my mother's face, but I saw the secretary's face. And she said, well, who is your child? She said, Gail Austin and pointed behind her. And the woman turned every kind of color, sweat beaded up on her forehead, and she said, I'll get the principal right away. And because of what that woman said, none of us got expelled that day. But she made an assumption on who my mother was mm-hmm. instead of finding out. So sometimes I rode the edge yeah. with that. I, I, how I got some jobs almost perpetrated. mm mm-hmm. But once I got there, I was who I was. But we grew up in such a way that you know you had to present a certain picture. Yeah. You had to have a certain speech. You had to code switch And but and we didn't call it then. We called it survival. Mm-hmm. We called it getting a job. We, we called it getting home at night and, and hopefully not being killed or lynched. Mm-hmm. And... It, it was such an experience that we never really considered what they thought. Because we were too busy surviving. Mm-hmm. And it's only until later years that we have that opportunity to actually sit. And like today's conversation with my group, she learns some stuff. And we learned some stuff about her, which bridges a gap. Mm-hmm. If people can't, if we don't get rid of some of these taboos that we have, like taboos for gays, they're they're not horrible people, no. but we we villainize them. We villainize women. We villainize women. We villain. Uh, we white people are villainized. Black people. Everything that somebody doesn't like becomes a villain. Yeah, it's the big bad wolf. Speaking about things that people don't
1: like, one thing that I think that we don't talk about enough is anti-intellectualism which is basically like a hostility and a mistrust of intellect and so you deprecate on like smartness you know not everybody wants to hear smart things and learning and embracing and now we're at a point where obviously politically as a nation you know we praise ignorance we praise being able to talk down on people a lot of the reason why we are where we are right now with this COVID pandemic is because of anti-intellectualism that smart people who know exactly what they have been doing for all of their lives with all of these degrees and specialized you know courses and years of experience in a particular subject that are being paid well to do that. Are disregarded. Because someone believes it's a hoax. Or someone believes, that which I am not advocating, please don't drink bleach. If you drink bleach, it'll go away. Like there it is, is just... It's
0: another taboo.
1: Yes. So being... We're
0: making it a bad thing. Yes. You can't be too smart.
1: You cannot. You cannot. Well,
0: let's go all the way back to the... Women, men thing. You were raised. You can't be too smart. Ozzie and Harriet. You don't know anything about that, I know. Some people listening will. White family. Harriet was smarter than Ozzie. Harriet was the wife. But she had to play. There were conversations on how you could dumb down so your husband looked smarter. Yeah. So it's a taboo. It's a taboo to be smart. And particularly women, they're like, whoa, who do you think you are telling me I'm the man? And lastly, this is my last baby,
1: regarding sex, like actual sex. And I'm not talking about for the pleasure of men, but sex where it is you as a woman owning your sex, owning your body, and what you do with it is a taboo thing. And this is stemming from... I don't know if you heard the song Walk. It just came out. But it's a song by Cardi B and Megan The Stallion where they're talking about their wet ass. Oh, I've
0: heard that. Yes.
1: Yeah. So that song had so much backlash. And I'm I was shocked.
0: Was, like, what is she saying?
1: No. <laughs> yeah, I, You know, I'm here for it. It's like literally the song that I play every single day. But... I, it just goes to show that we have an issue with women enjoying sex or participating in sex where it's not Circled or surrounded by male pleasure So you are just an instrument. So a lot of the times I think women enjoying their sexualities or being sexual beings is frowned upon because you're not supposed to do all of that because the only thing that you're here to do is to please your man. And so,
0: I think that... I may have to bring up the the hippie movement. The hippie movement came along um, and... They were all about sex and everybody. But that was more see, so the
1: feminism wave. Yeah,
0: and everybody, and they had all these books coming out on how to pleasure yourself, how to, you know, enjoy sex more. So I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't think this song was the first one. No, 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 no. It's, it's been a little current moving along. Yeah. You know, the burn the bra thing, that was all part of that be the woman you you want to be. Yeah. But I
1: still feel like again there are certain people who are like you know, if you enjoy sex as a woman and you you you're not supposed to talk about it. You're not again the being that is
0: attached to you like literally your clitoris is just for pleasure. You know, and And, and I see where you're saying that cuz also during that same time if it, the, the there was a contingency out there saying that if a woman buys those books, reads those books or does any of those things, she's really a lesbian. It got to the point at some point like in the 80s, 90s, in certain places or certain areas, you couldn't walk down the arm, walk down the street, looped in arm in arm with your girlfriend that mm-hmm. was just a friend because then you would be labeled, And that was taboo. Yeah. And that was... I think that sort of started the thing where people got separate. Yeah. You know? And and, and it's so
1: sad. Yeah. And even when it comes to, like, sex education and safe sex and, you know... I mean, America really is is behind because we... Our, I mean, sex is everywhere. It's like it's literally everywhere. You turn on your TV, sex sells, but don't have sex. You know, so it's like, we'll put all of this in front of you. Right. We'll put all the porn in front of you. We'll put everything, but don't touch it. And so it's like, if we're not able to understand that, for me. I'm going to have sex when I feel like having sex with whom I want to have sex consensually. That's that's it. And um and I'm going to have I'm going to enjoy it. I am go- I have sex so that I can enjoy it. And I will speak to my partners about how much I enjoy it. And my whole thing with sex is that I want an orgasm. Hopefully multiple times. So <laughs> that is the My end game friend's listening it's okay that, <laughs> that is the, the end game dream. yes yes unclench your job but seriously we <laughs> what have to talking about? we have <laughs> to get comfortable with that like expressing ourselves like before the pandemic you know i used to do like a twerk out um fitness hmm. and
0: well but why do you think older women date younger men I would hope. I that I really wild.
1: cannot wait until I'm like.
0: That is why. I have my little And cougar. what? But no, and that's And yet another taboo. Oh, dating of, younger men? We're cougars. but an older man who dates a younger woman—you go, boy. But an uh, older woman, you're a cougar. You got a bad label. I don't think cougar has a bad label. Well, that was the intent of it, to make oh. you feel bad because you're a cougar. Like you, A cougar is a predator.
1: Yeah, you get it. Ah, so you're uh, a
0: predator. But the young guy dating, a, you know, a, a a, an a, a old man dating this girl who just stepped out. it. Like sometimes they wait till she's legal. Yeah. Talk and about then you predators? Mean. Police. But yes, they label women that so they'll feel like predators. Uh, unfortunately women are smarter than men, and we just went with thank you. <laughs> oh <my gosh>. <laughs> 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 no problem. I'm having a cougar snack.
1: <laughs> yes. Here's my
0: little cub. Yes. So on
1: <laughs> um, for weddings. A good episode okay alina thank you for your input but (laughs) yeah so I, i i just wanted to have the conversation about taboos because i think a lot of the times these are the conversations that are meaningful like i and i hope that as women and as men and as people that we're 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 touching on the subjects or thinking about the subjects that are like, oh, this is off-limit. I can't even speak about it. Mm -hmm. And think about why. Why can't you speak on this? And chances are it's not a rule you made up. It's a rule society has put on you to keep you in a certain position or to keep you in line. And for me... Nothing is taboo. Like I love to learn about anything and I love to discuss just about everything And I think we close dialogues When we can't respect Other people, but at the same time when we can't even speak it out loud to say maybe I'm the only one and you know
0: Sometimes you're not sometimes you're not And for my church friends that are listening, please read the book of Solomon. You want to read about a love story that all things were discussed. All things were open. And how he spoke of her, it is just beautiful. And when they say, well, in the Bible it says you can't, you shouldn't, read the book of Solomon. There you go. That will open up your doors.
1: Well... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on taboo. And um, again, we appreciate you guys listening. Please like the podcast wherever you're listening. Please share. Please discuss among yourselves, your partners. Um, Especially if you have young children, please name them anatomically correct. <laughs> um, please name their body parts anatomically correct, um, and we are very so thankful. So as always, be safe, be well, be easy, and be blessed, and be yeet, Never and again. be yeet, Carolina. Yep. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Silly rabbit. Okay. I always wonder when you. <laughs>